Is India now moving away from coal? And are small module nuclear reactors really the way to go? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hoke, a science writer. Today is Wednesday, June 1st. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some climate victories. A Bloomberg NEF report shows that electric vehicles have already displaced 3% of global oil demand in 2021. EVs now make up more than 10% of several car companies' sales, this applying to BMW, Volkswagen, and Mercedes-Benz. 70% of these cars refer to fully electric vehicles, while 30% refer to hybrids. But electric two- and three-wheelers actually made the biggest dent in oil demand, those being very popular modes of transportation in Asia. Speaking of Asia, the Chinese government expects to add 108 gigawatts of new solar capacity this year, which is double last year's record solar panel installation. China has the world's largest renewable energy fleet right now, with 323 gigawatts of solar and 338 gigawatts of wind. For comparison, the U.S. currently has 97.2 gigawatts of solar and about 118.3 gigawatts of wind. Meanwhile, India announced that it would cut power output from at least 81 of its 173 coal-fired power plants over the next four years to replace that energy generation with cleaner sources. The government argues switching to clean energy is cheaper than maintaining thermal generation. This announcement is a shift away from the country's doubling down on coal, which is what it has been doing up until recently. Over in Australia, the new Prime Minister Anthony Albanese officially secured a House majority. The Senate is pretty split because about a third of Australians voted outside of the main two parties. That third voted for either an independent or Green Party candidate because they were both more climate-focused. Meanwhile, the United Kingdom granted up to €100,000 to 50 projects across the country to boost investments in natural-based projects. These projects vary from protecting seagrass beds to rewetting peatlands to grow fibers for clothes. And in the U.S., the Biden administration recently released new safety rules surrounding CO2 pipelines after a pipeline rupture in Mississippi two years ago sent at least 45 people to the hospital. Speaking of which, they also issued the largest pipeline fine ever, $4 million, to the pipeline company Denberry Inc., Not just because of the rupture itself, which was caused by a landslide, but because the company didn't notify anyone after it happened. Leaked carbon dioxide isn't toxic, but it's heavier than air, so if people breathe it in before it settles, it can cause people to get dizzy and faint. There are currently about 5,000 CO2 pipelines running through the U.S. right now, but this number is expected to grow exponentially as more carbon capture and storage projects are made. The administration also announced final approval to construct a 416-mile transportation line meant to move clean energy across Wyoming, Utah, and Colorado. Called the Energy Gateway South Transmission Line, it's being undertaken by Pacific Corp and will help integrate 2,000 megawatts of new renewable sources into the grid. That could power about 600,000 homes. This is part of the Department of Energy's $16 billion Building a Better Grid initiative, which was started by the infrastructure bill passed last year. 
Now on to some climate fails. A new study by several U.S. scientists, including a former chairman of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, found that small module reactors may produce far more nuclear waste than current plants. Small module reactors have been lifted up as the next big nuclear trend by nuclear advocates, including Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, because they're supposed to be safer and cost less. Unfortunately, this new study shows that they could create anywhere from two times to thirty times more waste than current reactors. Additionally, the study found that the waste they produce is harder and costlier to treat and store. This influx of waste would basically make up for any cost saved by a smaller design, and then some, according to the study, which was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This is one of a very few studies looking at the nuclear waste of small module reactors, but oof, it doesn't look good for this type of technology. Over in Europe, scientists have uncovered a decades-old methane leak in the Algerian desert. Algeria's gas field is a key source of energy for the EU, providing two-thirds of Spain and Portugal's annual imports. Well, this one facility in the Hossi Armel Basin has leaked methane since 1984, according to new satellite data. Methane is 84 times as potent a greenhouse gas as carbon dioxide, but it doesn't stay in the atmosphere for as long. Overall, the Hossi Armel Basin released an estimated 939,000 tons of methane last year. That's a 68% increase from 2020, and about the same as the annual emissions of 17 million American cars. Emissions could be worse than scientists are able to see, too. To be more accurate, they'd need to take measurements on the ground, but the equipment is expensive. So far, Algeria has been unwilling to take measures to reduce these emissions. Back to some more nuclear news. The French utility company EDF has chosen not to extend the life of the UK nuclear power plant Hickley Point B. The decommissioning was long planned, but the UK government tried to get the company to extend the plant's life at the last minute to reduce energy shortages. EDF declined for economic reasons. This will take one gigawatt of clean energy off the UK grid during an energy crisis. The government said it secured enough energy to make up the difference, but it's likely in the form of fossil fuels. And over to the U.S., where the largest gas company, EQT Corporation, is trying to persuade the U.S. government to provide it with permits for a gigantic expansion, arguing that if European countries get more access to gas, they wouldn't continue to use more coal, thereby making it all cleaner. Now, countries moving to more coal is a big issue right now, but gas isn't as clean as companies want you to think. Gas storage and transportation methods have a bad habit of leaking methane, like in Algeria right now. Additionally, keeping warming well below two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels requires us to move away from all forms of fossil fuel, including gas. Many climate activists are concerned that new infrastructure for any form of fossil fuel locks countries into polluting for longer. EQT boss Toby Rice insists that pipelines can be made a temporary thing, but a paper released by EQT in March argues for quadrupling U.S. liquefied natural gas or LNG exporting capacity by 2030. Recently, Rice said that he doesn't think clean energy sources like wind and solar can be reliable due to their intermittency and the rising price of raw minerals. 
He supports building more natural gas peaker power plants as grid backups. So, several things. Firstly, natural gas plant failures were one of the main reasons for the Texas power outage a few winters ago, so they're not always that reliable. Second, peaker plants have a racially charged past as they are often put next to communities of color who are then exposed to higher levels of pollution and subsequent health problems. And thirdly, wind and solar are price comparable and often now cheaper than natural gas, so the economics are on their side. Right now, it's mostly the permitting, subsidies, and policies that are not on clean energy's side. Despite all of his questionable statements, Rice has already had a meeting with the Secretary of Energy and execs from the American Exploration and Production Council. I will let you know if I hear any new news on this. Let's end today with an impressive climate victory story. The tiny Pacific island nation of Niue announced that it will protect 100% of the ocean in its economic exclusionary zone, which is about the area of Vietnam. Their waters are home to one of the world's largest coral atolls, is an important stop for whales and dolphins, and has the world's highest density of gray reef sharks. Now any boat caught fishing in its zone could get a 255,000 euro fine. Niue becomes the second island nation to conserve 100% of its waters after the Cook Islands. As I often say, biodiversity is the net that holds humanity up, so we'd love to see these conservation trends. And that was your climate news for Wednesday, June 1st. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.